Welcome to Harp Song, presented by Moon Over the Trees Music and Theater Productions. Bringing people together through collaboration, creativity, and community all through the arts. Thank you for joining us this week. I'm your host, Maureen Buscarino, and I hope to inspire you and to help you discover amazing music and artists from around the world. I can't wait to introduce you to today's guest. Today's guest, Shweta Trakhar, is a writer and lover of the harp. The heroine, in her new novel, Star Daughter, plays the music of the stars on her harp. After all, she is half star and half human. In this Shweta's first novel, she spins a story of magic, of stars, of a young woman's strength and friendship and family. The world in this novel moves between New Jersey and the stars and the, the Vedic constellations. Shweta is a proponent of the We Need Diverse Books movement and is passionate about portraying positive representations of women of Indian descent. She also plays the harp and has taken lessons from my friend Kathy D'Angelo. Kathy runs the Somerset Folk Harp Festival which takes place online this July 22nd through 25th in 2021. And I'm so glad that Kathy suggested I interview Shweta. I hope you enjoy our chat and get inspired and pick up her book. Shweta, thank you so much for being with me here today on Harp Song. I am just so thrilled to be chatting with you about your book and about the harp and about all the work that you've been doing. I absolutely loved your your last book, Star Daughter, and I know that you currently have a new book in the works that you were just finishing editing. So, you know, maybe we could talk about that too, but um, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. First of all, congratulations on on Star Daughter. Um, it is just a beautiful book. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I really love the characters. I think we, you know we don't see enough of Indian culture, especially um, in in books and the representation of uh, of women and powerful women. So I really. I love that. And I, I love like the confidence of Sheetal as, you know, kind of the underdog and her fighting spirit. How did how did this book come about? Well, first of all, thank you so much. That's really kind. I that's actually one of the reasons that I decided to write what I write. When I was in my I've always loved fantasy. I've always loved magic. I've always believed in magic. I still do. And I, you know, I grew up knowing a lot about fairy folklore and other things. And I would also read comic books from India that most kids, at least in my generation, grew up with, in the, especially if you were in diaspora like me, called Amr Chitra Katha. And those comic books would take stories from our epics and legends and myths and put them into easily digestible comic book form for kids so that the stories didn't get lost. So when I was in my mid-20s I and I got interested in writing myself, I started to look around and realize, hey, I don't see anybody who looks like me, or if I do, it's usually in some sort of horrible stereotyped form, but I, and I almost, you know, I never see stories like these that are from my heritage that should be considered magical and fun too. Where are these adventures? And I decided that I would help do something about that. And so I decided I would only ever write Indian characters. 
And to start with, to use our mythology, uh, I'm Hindu, so to, to draw on that. And it took a while for sure, because I've, I met with a lot of pushback, people telling me no one would ever want to read a book like that. So I should just self-publish if I was, if I insisted on doing this, otherwise I should just write white characters. And luckily, instead of getting discouraged, I just got mad. <laughs> I'll show you. And yes, it took a long time for that to happen. And we also needed the We Need Diverse Books movement that happened Kid Lit back in 2014. That helped wake publishers up a little bit too to the need for actual inclusion. But yeah, that's one of the reasons that I wrote this. I wanted to see someone who looked like me with my background as a Gujarati American and my mythology and ha- still have her go on a at a fun adventure that didn't have anything to do with the pain or oppression of being brown or whatever else. Or same, I won't spoil who's queer in the book, but same thing, I didn't want that character to be struggling with that. It was mm. just, it's just part of who she is. As for the strong women part, absolutely. I've, my, my own mother and my grandmother were examples of very strong women and, or my mother still is. And I wanted to see that represented too, because I think that there's too much sidelining of female characters and this idea that there can only be one and that she can't be feminine at the same time that she's strong and all this other nonsense that we have in Western media. And I wanted to push back against that. So yes, there are guys in the book, as you know, but they are not the most important characters for the most part. And there is that. I I love how um, she's so relatable in so many ways. She's shy and 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 she doesn't want to show off or you know she doesn't want to sing in you know front of her friend she's so you know when she's got pimples and she's so she's like why me <laughs> you know and you find out that she is so special and I I just love you know what I, I also love that you bring in so much mythology into this can we take a minute to talk about the gorgeous cover art on this book how did how did you luck out with such well, a gorgeous cover. <laughs> I was absolutely lucky. There's no doubt about it. I don't know how much you know, but most authors often, they don't get a say in their cover. And I was very lucky because my editor came to me and said, so Schwitt, that's time to start thinking about the cover. Do you have any, any ideas that you'd like to see? And I said, yes, I would love to see Sheetha on the cover. And my editor came back and said, we like that idea too. Do you have any, can you give us a list of covers that you've liked and explain what you liked about them? So I did, I compiled a few different things. And meanwhile, they had hired the artist, Charlie Bowater and Charlie came up with a sketch and I saw it. And even in the rough sketch, I was just like, oh my God. And I, I gave her a lot of input, like Sheetha, all Sheetha's jewelry, her bindi, uh, I pushed a bit on how to make her face look more Indian in a way that wasn't mistakable for any, uh, that couldn't be mistaken for anything else because I really wanted this to matter. And then with her hair, it was originally more smoky white. So I pushed a little bit about, can we really make it silver? Mm-hmm. And they, and the cover designer, Corinna Lup, played with colors until she got it and said, how's this? I said, that is perfect. Oh my God. And then they told me it was going to be done in metallic lettering. And I just, yeah, wow. <laughs> I had to sit on that cover for months before we revealed it in August. Of, I mean, sorry, October of last year. Wow, <laughs> it's it's gorgeous, and I I'm sure it will inspire so many so many girls who pick up this book. I do want to talk to you about um, the music in the book because there's so much music in this book. 
Chito plays the harp. There's the the harp sisters at the night market, and we'll like definitely talk about the night market. Um, <laughs> and and then she she's gifted this gorgeous harp, and I love the imagery that the stars are the music, and then the humans are the musicians. Um, it's it's like. Like our instruments need us to play them. Like a garden needs the gardener. But obviously not everyone in the book is so convinced that humans are such great things. <laughs> so, but um, what inspired you to weave music into like this creation uh, of the book? That is a good question because uh, thinking back, and I just realized we should actually tell listeners what the book is about. So. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, I didn't want to so know how start much. With that. Yes, please. Because that would actually go well with the or- origin story dovetail well. So when I, like I said, I've been thinking, you know, I want to write these stories that star people like me having magical adventures. And my first novel didn't go anywhere. But well, and so while I was querying that one with agents, I started to think, and it's so funny because I was like, oh, I'll never have another idea. And then I was rewatching the movie version of Neil Gaiman's and Charles Vess's illustrated novel, Stardust. Oh, I love that. And I love the the, the actual novel version. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I found it in a bookstore, I think in 2002 in New York City. I could never find that bookstore again. It probably doesn't even exist anymore. It was some tiny place in the East Village. But I just saw this book sitting there and I thought, oh, this looks cool. And I bought it and I just fell in love with it. And when I was rewatching the movie version in 2013, I was thinking, huh, if stars are people like they are in this movie and in the book, then why wouldn't they have all skin tones, hmm. not just white skin? And I, so I thought, okay, I want to write a story, a short story about a girl whose mother is from a Hindu constellation. And really quickly, I realized that there's going to need to be a quest involved, which you can't usually fit into a short story very well. <laughs> so I thought, okay, I guess this is going to be my second novel. And I'm trying to think, how did the music come into it? I'm not, I'm honestly not sure, but I do know this. So I was taking harp lessons with your friend and my, for for now former teacher, since our lessons are on hiatus, uh, with Kathy D'Angelo. And Kathy told me a story about a student she had who was a serial harp buyer. And that she said this person would buy a harp, take it home, decide she didn't like it, and get another harp. And I thought, who can do that? Harps are so expensive. Even if you're reselling them, like, wow. I mean, it was such a big investment for me to buy my one harp. Like, wow. And the next thought, of course, was this needs to go in a book. Yes. So I knew that that was going to be Radhika Foy's, uh, so she told Auntie Radhika, that was going to be her quirk, only it became couches. So as for the music, I think I'm still trying to remember how that came in because I honestly don't remember anymore. I do know that I wanted the stars to be muses, like you said. And it just seemed, I suppose, natural to bring in. Now, I am not a good harpist by any means. And Kathy will tell you this because I don't practice and I need to work on that. But I felt like I knew enough, at least about the very basics, that I could write about it, mm. make it beautiful. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I just remember thinking it would be so hard if you had a talent like that and you couldn't show it to anybody. Mm. You had to pretend that you didn't have it because it would draw the wrong kind of attention. Hmm. And so it just seemed to make sense. And, and I was thinking about the saying, the music of the spheres and the sky, and somehow that fell into place. And I still can't remember what my exact inspiration was for that part of it, but but everything else fell into place around it. It just was natural for Sheetal to play her frustration through her song that nobody but her, her family in the sky that she couldn't even really talk to ever could know of, and her dad, her human dad could know about. 
So basically the premise of the story is that Sheetal is half human and half star. Her star mother has gone back to the sky and left her behind with her human father. She's had to hide who she is, including her starlight hair. She has sparkle of her hair that she's been dying black her whole life. And as she nears her 17th birthday, the dye stops working and she accidentally burns her dad with her flame and she has to go on a quest to the heavenly realm to obtain a drop of healing star's blood in order to save him because nothing else can cure that kind of wound. Only when she gets to the sky, to the starry court, she discovers that her family there has plans for her and she has to win a celestial competition in order to get that drop of blood. No pressure. <laughs> yeah, no pressure at all. You know, as you do. <laughs> and and she brings her, her friend Minel along with her. Um, yes. As her human companion. Yes. I love her sense of humor and her, her quirkiness and, you know, her just her lighthearted nature, especially having her like, like running on the cloud with the the magical barrettes that she, that she gets at the night market. Can we talk about the night market? Yes. Please. Please. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this takes place in New Jersey. Well, when it's on the earth. <laughs> when, um, <laughs> and um, it's my friends have taken me to the, you know, the Edison markets and, um, and all. Little they, India. Li- yeah. Little India. Yeah. So they go, there and then there's a magical night market that opens up to them with stalls that are selling uh, material that's made out of the sky and barrettes that are clouds that actually like you know shoot do they shoot lightning bolts I can't remember um, yeah tiny forks <laughs> <laughs> and 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 just like every stall is just something it reminds me of like the Ren Fair. Um, mm-hmm. the way it's like in my head, that's how I, you know, I'm picturing like the Ren Fair, but everything is like super magical. And, and of course there's like couches for her aunt. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> Come up with that, that idea, like with the, the peacock's mouth opening. And- oh goodness. Uh, well, I will say to think of that, you know, just tickled my fancy and, and I, you know, my friend Holly Black, she is also originally from New Jersey, though she doesn't live here anymore. And she's a really well-known uh, YA author. And she was actually, her books, a uh, quick digression here, her books also started out in New Jersey where she used fairy folklore. And I remember thinking, how cool would it be if there were just something like this, that you, if you look just out of the corner of your eye, you could find these um, amazing things. And Holly said one time that if she ever found her way to fairy, that she would end up in trouble in the first five minutes, that she would say or do something stupid or agree to make some terrible bargain. And I thought, oh, I would too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I would too. But, that, but that would never stop me from going. Hmm. So I know that if I went to my own night market, I'd probably end up selling something or, or rather paying something that I absolutely never should in order to get something wonderful and by wonder, I don't necessarily mean a good thing. I mean something wonder-inspiring, something awesome, awe-inspiring. And I might accidentally like give away a year of my life or something <laughs> for it, so that I absolutely should not. But but the idea of just having the numinous just mm. is so wonderful to me, so delightful to me that there was no way that that wasn't going to figure in the novel somehow. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And, and the Harp sisters, um, is the, like, <laughs> do they relate at all to Hindu fol- folklore at all? Or are they? No, I just was trying to think of, so the Harp sisters are in the night market without spoiling anything. They're very creepy and I adore them. And, <laughs> uh, and they, they speak in very obnoxious riddles. So 
and you will not probably get what you want from them at all if you try to go to them for anything. But they, but I, it just, they were just inspired, I think, by all the tricksters I've ever read about mm. that I just wanted to have my own. And, and again, if I had to go interact with them, there's no way I would win. I love how you paint the picture of, of that night market. Um, Thank and, you. And there's, um, there's a painting of it on your website as well. Yes. Yes. Yes, there is. I had a friend in India, I commissioned artwork from her to be the background of the website. And just for fun, we created a little shop on my website too, where you can go, if you want to go to the night market and mm -hmm. get night market themed things, you can. And there's a little story to go with it. What did inspire you to just to play the harp, just going back to the harp for a second. Oh, that has a, that has a funny story. So I don't really know anything about music except what Kathy has taught me, which is hilarious because my husband is very much a musician and he actually plays Sheetal's other instruments, a dilruba. Oh, wow. And, a, and he's, he used to play a bunch of other things like guitar and some punk band in England when he was there and just a bass guitar and just other things, but he knows music and I don't really. And one day, I went to, when, what, when, when was it? I'm going to say 2010, I think. I went to this very small community theater production of uh, the, the steampunk production of Twelfth Night in Philadelphia. And the play was nice. The costumes were good. But what caught my attention was somebody had this tiny, tiny, tiny harp, like this handheld harp. And now I know that you wouldn't really be able to play that. But I didn't know that. At the time, I just watched this harp and I, I just was fascinated by it. And because we knew one of the people acting in the play afterward, the a little group of us went backstage and I saw that harp and I said, can I touch that? And I picked it up and I was just enchanted. And somehow I just knew I had to take harp lessons, even though, again, I knew nothing about music. I knew nothing about the harp. I didn't know anything. And I started calling around and I found Kathy and at first she, she was going to have me meet some, uh, somebody else, but that person wasn't able to give lessons anymore. So she said, okay, well, you need to actually get a harp if we're going to do this. So she met me at the, the local store and cause I, again, I knew nothing and I rented harp and I started lessons with her and I was absolutely fascinated and I, there's still so much about music theory. I don't know, <laughs> don't understand, but Kathy insisted on teaching me by ear, which I think is great because mm. That way I can play whether or not I know how to read sheet music, which I don't. And uh, and it just it just somehow fit with the way that I see the world, just that magical element to it. And and so yes, Kathy, I promise I will resume playing. <laughs> 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 but but yeah, it just it somehow it just it fit and like I have the right type of hands for it with long fingers and just yeah. And, and so when I tell people, I mean, I don't say it a lot because then, then they expect that I'm like at your level or something, which I'm not, but they, you know, they, they all say, oh, that doesn't surprise me at all. Of course you would play the harp. Like that fits the rest of you. And Because <laughs> <laughs> you love magic and, 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 um, the fae and, and all. Yes. 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 And I actually, I, I, uh, gigs and it was, it was at a botanical garden, but they had like a children making, um, like little houses for the fae and then so it was like a whole fairy festival so mm. i i got to like read some yates and play harp songs and oh that sounds amazing it was really cool yeah it was it was a lot of fun and so i'm like reading your book and then i open up to one of the chap the quote stars get tangled in her hair whenever she played in the sky and i actually have like a little a little hanging like ornament kind of thing you have the ladies lady yeah yeah <laughs> i can't remember where i picked it up but yeah she's like flying you know 
She's like flying in the stars. <laughs> um, well, that's amazing that you have that one. Yes. Lainey, if you don't know, is also a very, very well-known YA author and her fantasy is also amazing. But, and I just, and the funny thing is she actually used my last name in one of her books recently. So it's like this Easter egg thing that we did. Oh, neat. But ever since I've been saving that quote because I just knew it would be perfect. Oh, I love that quote. So that was Lainey Taylor for anyone who was not sure. Is there anything autobiographical about uh, Sheetal? Um, at all? Yes, actually. The uh, I mean, obviously, aside from the heart playing, though, again, she's way, way, way better than I am. But absolutely, the, the feeling caught between worlds thing, that's something that I've always felt. Hmm. And not just growing up Indian American, but just in the way that I see the world. Because again, I believe in magic. And a lot of people think that that's something you should grow out of. And in the way that I see the world, I don't know if you noticed, but she still has something called exploration disorder, where she and when she gets stressed out, she picks at her skin. I've struggled with that on and off my whole life. And I just, I wanted to see it in a book. So I put it in there. And basically, I guess I, I hadn't really thought about it this way until recently, but she doesn't give up. And I guess if I want something, neither do I. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, this book is a testament to that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, you know, I, I pay attention. And one thing that they really asked writers to stop doing is a magical cure mm. for things, for, for physical and mental issues because you, we tend to think if you're not part of the community it's easy to think oh uh, you know if if magic could cure blindness for example but i have a blind friend and you know what she doesn't want to be cured even if there's a way that science down the road can restore her sight she doesn't want it mm. and and i you know and i thought about that and i thought about oh you know we really do need to listen to what the individual wants not what we think they should have and so i wanted to and i wanted to make sure that she didn't like magic didn't fix everything for her I'll just leave it at that so not to spoil anything, but she, that, that was one of the reasons that I gave her the problems, the problems of, for example, acne or split mm -hmm. ends or mm -hmm. just so, such mundane things or her exploration disorder, that those are still things that human beings have to deal with. And whatever happens or doesn't happen with her, she's still going to have to go forward as she is. Mm -hmm. Those are, you know, challenges that magic can't fix for her, shouldn't. And, and it seems like it brings her back to her herself and her center instead of her being shifted into something else. I think for a reader too to like see her coming back to that and you're like, oh, she's still there. You know, it, it's part of who she is and how she sees the world. I, I do appreciate that, that you that you do that. How did you become inspired that you're like, I want to write a novel or I want, you know, because it's a lot of work and it's... <laughs> it is. It is a lot of work. In fact, you were asking, so let me let me go forward a little bit sure. here then, because you were asking about book two. And I can't say that much about it yet, but I can say this much, that it is going to be in the same mythological universe. So it won't have anything to do with the stars, mm. but it will it will be partially in Nagluk. Swargluk was the heavenly realm, and Nagluk is the subterranean paradise where the Nags, the serpent human shapeshifters live. And so, so it will be in the same mythological universe as it were but i've been uh, and i've been as you know rushing to get this latest draft done and i had to tell my editor that this this draft wasn't going to be the one either that i'm going to need her help again to look at what i wrote and turned in on friday and we're going to need at least one more draft after this and this was definitely a hard year for writing with mm. going on 2020 to write my sophomore novel. Uh, and that was on top of, of wonderful things that happened too. Like Star Daughter ended up in a lot of subscription boxes. And for anyone who doesn't know what they are, subscription boxes in young adult have really taken off. There are a few different 
uh, quite a few companies actually who have them and they'll do they'll do themes that go along with the book and so they'll include objects that may or may not tie into the book or will tie into an overall theme and for example Alcrate did a special uh, they took the same cover but they changed the colors and they went with the purple and silver motif instead. Hmm. And then they included objects that were all celestial in some way or another. And the enamel pin in the box was Sheetal's Moonlight Lotus, oh, which is just amazing. My book, which is amazing for a debut, because this is my first novel, and especially a, you know, a brown a debut, a debut by a brown author about a brown girl, it ended up in, I think, nine boxes. And I had to sign book plates, uh, end papers, uh, tip-in sheets, and so I had to sign about 30,000 things altogether. Wow. And that took, yeah, that took a few months out of my spring and summer <laughs> where I was literally doing nothing else but sitting at my table all day signing. Wow. So I wasn't able to revise like I'd been hoping. And then, of course, Star Daughter came out and I was doing events around that. And so that took up a bunch of time and energy. And so trying to rewrite the book twice around that was really a challenge. And this last time, and I'm only, I'm saying this in case there are any writers in the audience who need to hear this. Mm. I felt like all my magic was gone. Mm. I felt like this was the, you know, the worst thing that I had ever written. My editor was going to hate it. Everybody else is going to hate it. And that's unfortunately just part of the writing process because mm. <laughs> we're making something from scratch that, you know, it's not, it's not just following a formula and plugging in names and, you know, like Mad Libs and, you know, voila, there you go. <laughs> like actually making something from scratch and trying to discover the story. Well, usually you don't actually know what the story is until you're, at least with me, until you're a few drafts in. Mm. So that's, that's been a bit difficult, but I'm actually, so I'm just taking right now to recharge before my editor sends the next round of notes. But I'm, I'm hoping that I keep reminding myself that if I can make it happen with Star Daughter, because there was a time where I thought I was never going to get that together. Yeah. <laughs> can make the dream runners get there too. And so yes, yeah, so we haven't even revealed the title, but there you go. That's the Dream Runners, and it's, it's got another beautiful cover by Charlie Bowater, and I can't wait to reveal that when we're allowed to. And uh, and it has two points of view this time, so I think I can say that much. And and now I forgot what your original question was. No, no, I, it was it was really about you as a writer. Um, and... Oh yes, yes, that's right. So how did I decide I wanted to do this? Well, I think part of it, the main thing was. I was looking around and I realized that I just didn't see myself. So I thought I'm going to have to do something about this. And it took a while. I really needed to work on honing my craft. And so I started, you know, I had always told myself stories on and off. I've always carried really rich worlds inside me since I was tiny. Like I can't remember a time when I didn't have that and I didn't have a really strong imagination. And I wish that I had more interest in being a visual artist because the, the things that I see would be so amazing if I had the drive to say paint them, but I just don't. So I paint with and, but I, but, uh, you know, craft is its own thing. So I, I started officially in 2006 and I just kept at it and kept at it and kept at it. And then I feel like I leveled up around 2015. That was when I started selling short stories regularly and even being invited to, to submit things to anthologies, which is really cool. And then in 2016, I got, I signed with my agent for Star Daughter because remember I had that first novel that didn't go anywhere. Right. And then in 2018, we sold it. And so, yeah, I'm still always working on getting better, but it was, it was really looking around and thinking, I need, you know, I need to help with this problem, this dearth of representation. And I'm really glad that I'm not the only one that I hope in five, 10 more years, there's so many books by all kinds of people that there's no way any one of us could read all of them or ever hope to. Oh, absolutely. But I, I, I am so glad that you're showing this world to the world. 
And it's amazing that you got in- included into so many of those uh, subscription boxes and are in- being introduced to, to so many young readers. Congratulations on that. That's incredible. Especially Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm still shocked. Like I was... I hadn't even dared to hope for one. And then I saw one of them had followed me on Instagram and I thought, oh, maybe. And then all of a sudden, all of these, you know, announcements started coming in and I, and I was like, well, what's happening? <laughs> you all want this book? <laughs> oh, it's incredible. I love the image of Sheetal like playing her harp for hours. And I can just imagine that you, that's with your writing, that's, you know, that's what you do. You know, it, it gives you joy and it's stressful sometimes, but I think, you know, I mean, that's just the whole creation for Sheetal when she's, she hears the, the star song and she's playing her harp music that no one's ever heard before. Um, that cosmic flow, maybe, I don't know if that's. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, and I'm not going to pretend I haven't had tons of moments of doubt. Of course I have, of course I have. And, but the, but that, that drive was still there underneath it there was just a few phrases that kind of got me like um like what does it mean to you to sing a book free (sighs) from the library yeah Um, I guess if I were just going to think of it in personal terms it would be finding the story that's right for you the one that you need to read the friendship between oh yeah oh yeah really important to me to have because I don't see enough of that in young adult Often it seems like, I mean, that's not the case with every book, obviously, but there's definitely this idea that, this very Western idea that you have to go it alone, both away from family, and of course, Star Daughter is a very family-oriented story, mm. but also friendship, that if there are two girls that has to turn Addie in into some kind of competition, and I didn't want that. That's not what the friendships in my life are like at all. And I wanted Sheetal to have someone who knew her and had her back and that was the one thing she could count on no matter what else happened on her journey yeah I I was so relieved that she had her to go with her because I I I just think I would be terrified if I had to go out on my own finding out all these secrets and (laughs) then I wouldn't know where to start (laughs) (laughs) like see you later good luck you know but (laughs) the fact that she was like no I'm gonna go with you what are you crazy of course I'm going with you (laughs) (laughs) she's so lighthearted and just loves her friends so much and like you said there's no competition and it's it's really about like supporting yeah I mean Yes, she she does get distracted (laughs) at times, you know, (laughs) because she's having fun and like who wouldn't be amazed, you know, at the things that they get to see. But yeah, it was it was a really nice relationship. I was I was anxious for for Sheetal having to deal with this on her own. You know, it, it is really nice to see strong women and strong girls and, you know, with with flaws, but still having that that confidence. I did pick up the Moon Apple Menagerie. In yes. Toil and Trouble, 15 Tales of Women and Witchcraft. Yes. So most of the stories in this anthology, it's all witches. And, and I wanted to do something fun and different. So a lot of the stories are darker in tone and more what you would think of as a traditional witch story. But I made it that it's a, my story is about a, a group of a coven of girls who have an occasional theater every summer. Mm-hmm. And they were going to put on a play. And the way that you get invited to this play is if in your mailbox a gold or silver apple straight out of Yates shows up and you have to take and trust it. You have to take a bite. And if you do, if you dare to take a bite of this magical apple, then you will get the instructions of where and when to show up for this play. And the main character 
Shalini has it gets entrusted with actually writing the script for this year's play, but she can't figure out how to end it. So she ends up making a bargain with a creature out of Hindu and Buddhist folklore. That's maybe not the wisest bargain she should have made in order to figure out how to end the play. The ultimate writer's block. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the solution to that is 100% wish fulfillment. The idea of a pearl that would allow you to reach forward in time and get to the final draft of whatever you're writing. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> I, I don't know if I give up a year of my life for that, though. Maybe, maybe a strand of my hair. That'd be, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> Take my whole hairbrush. It's fine. So, <laughs> um, there are like the Hindu constellations too that are specific to the, the Vedic constellations. Yes. The Vedic period actually happened before what we call now Hinduism. So some of the deities are still around, some are not, some are new in Hinduism, but the constellations themselves are actually from the, from the Vedic period, the Vedas. So that's where, if anyone's interested, that's where I would start looking. B-E-D-A-S. Okay. And because you mentioned uh, uh, Saraswati. Um, Saraswati, yes. She is, in fact, my, my harp is called Saraswati Swan oh. because Saraswati's mount is a swan. Saraswati is the goddess of speech and the patroness of the arts. So she's actually uh, my, I actually have an illustration of her on my phone case so that I keep inspiration with me all the time. The stories I've read about her are so beautiful and then those comic books that you were talking about are they are they hard to anybody find? can buy them okay. they are called amr chitra katha and i will spell that a-m-a-r-c-h-i-t-r-a-k-a-t-h-a and that's if you go to amr you can order them from india i can see this book as being i mean it's so technicolor in my head I, c- I could see it being like on the screen at some point you do you don't have anything in the works for that i'm I mean, so no, I do have a film agent, but so far, so far, no one has bit, but, but, but keep your fingers crossed. I think it would be amazing too. To, she was actually looking at it from an anime version, but whatever, I think, whatever form, I think it would be really amazing to see. I am so happy that you're, that you took the time out to, to talk to me. I just like love that music is this, this kind of like heartbeat through the book. Um, and are you doing any more tours with your, or virtual tours with your book or any kind of um, readings or anything like that, that people can... I will be doing a reading for the KGV bar in February. I want to say it's the 17th, but I might be wrong, but that will be online and available. Oh, good. Oh, the KGB bar in, in New York City. Yes. Right. Okay. Where can people find you and, and, and your books and find out more about you? Well, my website, which is shwetatakarar.com. I'm also on Instagram and, and Twitter at, at shwetatakarar. And my and Star Daughter and, and the other anthologies should be available at any retailer you like, whether it's online or in person. Excellent. So thank you. Thank you so, so much for for chatting with me today. And I wish you much success. So. Thank you. Thank you. Thank thank you. you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Moon Over the Trees Music and Theater Productions podcast. Dive into the show notes at moonoverthetrees.com. And if you enjoyed the show, please share it with a friend and subscribe to the podcast. 